Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. You heard Brent Musburger. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As we say good morning, good morning to Marquee Sports Network, of course, Nesson as well up in the Northeast. Hope you're having a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi. Um, okay, so a couple things to start off the second hour. What's the latest on Jimmy G? So he cleared, he's going to throw within the next few weeks, right? Because he had the surgery in March yeah. on the throwing shoulder. Um, it's it's fascinating because I think he's owed. Is it twenty five mil? So they can get that. Mike can just recruit that money. Under twenty five. What do you think? Uh, how, do, how does this play 25. out over the next few weeks here with Jimmy G? Well, I think what we'll see is Don Yee, his agent, uh, and his group will will promote will put out a video on some social media account of Jimmy throwing uh, the football. And assuming that it, he's throwing the ball with velocity and timing, because that then allows teams to see him do this. You know, if not, you have to go and ask the 49ers for permission to go work him out, which, you know, could easily be done. I mean, they're going to grant you permission, but you can't do that unless you agree on a trade. So let's just take this a step further. Seattle's interest. Let's put Seattle out of it. Let's say Houston wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Nick Cesario calls up uh, John Dor- Dorsey, says, look, we'll give you X for him. We agree. Okay, now we want to work him out first before we get this trade through, okay? We want to do a medical, and we want to watch him throw. He has to grant permission for that. If that doesn't happen, then it's very difficult. So the agent, to circumvent that problem, puts out a video or some kind of way to show his clients healthy and to let everybody see it. So I think the next thing we'll see soon will be some form of a video to enlighten us about Jimmy G's shoulder and how well he's doing. Do you have you heard of teams with interest? I mean, this is you know it's a one-year deal. I, Go ahead. The, I I think that interest is all predicated based on the sure. uh, the level of throwing. You know, Got I it. think there will be teams with interest, but I don't think there's interest until they can see what they're dealing with. Remember, you know, and I keep citing this because it's important. Andrew Luck, when he injured his shoulder. They were telling the coaches, Josh McDaniels, who turned the job down, took the job, turned it down, and then Frank Wright took it. They were telling everybody his shoulder would be ready, you know, it would be ready for in July. 
you know, it would be ready in July. And what it comes out to, he's not ready in July. And, you know, and then he misses a whole year. It was before Reich and McDonald. It was actually, they were telling Ballard, he just came in as a new GM. They were telling him his shoulder was going to be ready in July. It ended up not happening until the following year. Shoulders are difficult, especially throwing shoulders for quarterbacks. What if, you know, and, and especially a quarterback who has some durability issues. Yep. There's no denying it. Michael, what a fascinating situation. If you think about it, a dude that took you to the Super Bowl, now it's awkward. Right, because now they have to cut them before week one to get that cash back. They traded three first rounders to get, so they're. It's just turned into a weird situation where you had Kyle Shanahan stumping for somebody to trade for him. Right, and he's been he's kind of like shocked that he can't get teams interested. I mean, like he literally went up to at at the owners' meetings. He was saying like, "How come you guys aren't interested in, in this my guy?" Well, the medical, you know, your guy went ahead and had a shoulder surgery. Like, you, you know, you can't, you can't put your chips in one basket. Why is Carolina, you know, thinking about Baker? Well, they got Darnold. They didn't cut Darnold. Well, because they, they don't want to put all their chips in one basket. You know, Seattle seems to be willing to put some chips in the Drew Locke basket. Don't ask me why, you know, but they seem to be. Now, maybe they'll change their mind down the road. Okay, sticking with the 49ers, if you're going to bet the 49ers this year, you're certainly going to want to know what's happening with Debo Samuel. Remember, trade request, Michael. George Kittle was on Bussin' with the Boys, the podcast, earlier this week, and he said he thinks something's going to get done within the next three weeks. He said that's what happened with him and Fred Warner as well. So he expects Debo to be good within a few weeks here. Do you? Yeah, I don't don't doubt that. I mean, look, I I think – Let's put Debo in perspective. Debo is really a multifaceted player. If Debo has to go line up outside the numbers as a number one receiver and win out there, he's not as effective. But when Debo becomes the motion guy, when Debo's in the backfield or Debo's running inside routes, he is very effective and he's very talented when the ball is in his hands. He's got the ability to break tackles. His thick lower body is very good. So the system is really going to be important for Debo to shine to get this huge contract that he's going to get. And if he goes somewhere else that doesn't really know how to use his skill set to the highest level like Kyle does, then I don't think he'll be as effective. However, in this system, he's really an effective player. And so I think they're going to pay him. And he fits what they want to do, and he gives them a chance. Remember, they've got a lot invested in Trey Lance. And if you're going to sign players to long-term contracts that don't play quarterback, you have to have a rookie quarterback under center. And that's what they have. And they've got three, four more years of it. So they're going to sign the Nick Bosa's. They're going to sign the Debo's. They're going to sign all their good young players before they have to make the decision on Trey Lance. Is there a relationship issue with Debo in the, in the franchise, do you believe? I, I'm not sure. I'm told that Debo's not a, not a lover of California. He's a South Carolina kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he's kind of – you know, the California the tax situation. No player, you know, wants to pay all the taxes that they do in California. But, you know, it's a great living. But he's a kid from South Carolina. But the fact is the 49ers don't want to trade him. I mean, you know, you can't give away your players when your quarterback's, you know, in a rookie contract. You've got it. That's the object of the system today. You draft a young quarterback. You sign all your good players around them. And then because you can, because you don't have to pay the quarterback. And then when the quarterbacks do, you've kind of got a good nucleus of a team. With Jimmy. Let's just see the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a perfect example. You know, they signed all their players before they did Mahomes' deal. 
And then they did Mahomes' deal, and all of a sudden now we can't afford Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure I understand that, but they just made the decision they can't afford him. I thought there would be other players I would pass along before Hill, but that's the decision they made. You know, with Jimmy and now Debo, the vibes are weird with San Francisco because also the quarterback, essentially a rookie, you're, he has to deliver. He, I mean, look how much they yeah. gave up for Trey Lance. Right, and, and I think, you know, the, the, the thing I, that I think of when I think of the 49ers is how dominant they were defensively in the playoffs. You know, and I think about their defensive front, how good it was and how they were able to control the line of scrimmage in the games. And, I mean, that you know, they just beat up Williams and Dallas. I mean, they were just so good in that area. And they've got – and you know, they didn't have Kinlaw, the kid they drafted. But I, I really felt like when you watched them play last year, I really felt like that the, 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 the Reed kid inside was really good. I mean, he was able to do some things and create some problems. I think they're going to miss him. You know, I think they're going to miss him because he was so effective. But Kinlaw's got to come along, and he's got to start to make those plays, and he's got to be dominant inside. They win with their defense, and the way they run the football, it's a pretty good formula for success. Let's throw up a profile here for the 49ers as far as betting. Take a look. Their season win total set at 9.5. You've got to pay a tax, 140 to the over. 9.5, does that feel right to you? Yeah, I mean, excuse me, I said Reed, DJ Jones. Uh, you know, I think to me, you know, you're putting a lot of faith in Shanahan and, 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 and Lance, and I'm not sure I'm willing to do that, but they are really good on defense, Patrick. And, you know, like I said, if Kinlaw can replace what DJ Jones gave him, I mean, DJ Jones was sensational for them last year, and he got rewarded with a contract. So, for me, I think ultimately I would lean towards the over here just because of how good they are defensively. And I do think they'll manage Lance correctly. South Carolina, San Francisco, right? It's Kinlaw, Debo, mm -hmm. two, two Gamecocks, yep. which I like to yeah, see. Yeah, no, and they need Kinlaw. I mean, Kinlaw was hurt last. They need him to come through for him. I mean, that's their thing, right? They win with their defensive front. They don't win with the back end. They win with their defensive front. Okay, all three phases. That's important. Let me you, – you want to follow yeah. up there? Looks I mean, like you look, want to say look, something. Let's, yeah, well, I, I wanted to talk about – you know, one of the things, the kind of a quiet signing, but I, I think George Payton did a wonderful – I mean, he added DJ Jones to the Denver Broncos team, and that gives them another inside guy to go along with Chubb and then to go along with Randy Gregory. I mean, it's going to give them a formidable inside attack that I don't think that, you know, they, they, they had last year. They really missed that, and I think he can certainly do that. That's the Broncos. When you, we've got your special teams coordinators. When you think of the standard bearer, when special teams, even when you were coming up, what's the name that pops out? I know Belichick's a brilliant when it comes to special teams, but the standard when we're talking special team coordinators, who's the guy that pops up to you? Uh, there's one guy, Scott O'Brien. So I was my first job was at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and Scott O'Brien's wife was was enrolled in the kinesiology program at UNLV, and he volunteered to help the football program. He played as a free agent with the Packers, and he was going to get into coaching, and he loved special teams. So he, he and I became really close friends from that moment on, from 1982, and we've been forever. 
And I tried to get him a job in the NFL. He was at the University of Pittsburgh working with Mike Gottfried. And I tried to get him a job with Bud Carson when we were looking for a special teams coach when Carson came in. And Carson says to me, there's no way I'm hiring some college coach to coach special teams. Okay, no problem. All right, so we don't hire him. Belichick comes in two years later, and I said, Bill, I I don't know – you know, I know you know special teams, but the best special teams coach I've ever been around in my life is this guy, Scott O'Brien. He's at the University of Pittsburgh. Belichick says to me, have him drive up. I'll interview him. So Scott drives up. They go into his office there, the old offices in Berea. They close the door. They're in there for seven hours. They come out, and Belichick's like, that's the best special teams coach I've been around. He hires him on the spot. No kidding. So for me – yeah, that's a true story. And so for me, you know, he's been the standard, and he's kind of – grown guys through him he's got a tree of his own and when you talk to any special teams coach he starts and one of the key characteristics of being a great special teams coach is you got to be able to evaluate personnel you've got to be the pro personnel director i know we've got to go to break i see Stephen bond panicking over there but that's a key component we'll get to your list the top five currently but that's a great story just nerding out for seven and a half hours about special teams yeah there, that, that door never opened that door i was like a, a expecting father I was like what's going on in here i felt like my man was getting kidnapped <laughs> we're back kids next here at lombardi line at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM Sports is all your favorite wagering options. Of course, you can go in-game with the betting or boosted odd specials to start and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that status sheet ID and you're ready to bet here in Nevada. Uh, visit BetMGM.com. Again, you got to be 21 years or older. Call 1-800-522-4700 if you have a gambling problem. Just thinking about Michael Lombardi there in Jersey for our Nesson viewers. 
I'm sure they love that story about the special teams coordinator. Please repeat his name so I don't forget it. Sitting in the office with Bill Belichick for seven straight hours. His, his name's Scott O'Brien, and he and he he's from he's from Superior, Wisconsin, and he played at Wisconsin Superior, and he'd been you know he'd been around the league a long time. So he was with us in Cleveland. He went to Baltimore. Then he was with John Fox in Carolina. Was with Mike Shanahan. He actually became Nick Saban's personnel director the the two years he was down with Saban. He and Nick were very close. He trained all of them. He's trained Joe Judge. He's got a whole tree of guys that he trained, and it started at UNLV with the great Harvey Hyde when he was the coach there. So it shows you kind of that story is great about Scott, but it's also an insight into Belichick's never beginning with the end in mind. I mean, the, the, the reason I brought up Bud Carson was because of Carson's, you know, his indifference to, you know, young coaches and coaches that didn't coach in the NFL and Belichick, who, you know, was willing to listen. He didn't say he was going to hire him. He was, let him drive up here. It's a two hour drive. What do you, what do I, I'll spend some time. And at 20 minutes turned into two hours, turned into four hours, turned into seven hours. And they became lifelong friends forever. He actually came back to New England. We were together in 14. We won a Super Bowl together. We celebrated kind of the end of our careers with winning a Super Bowl instead of the packed 2 a championship that they won when we were in at UNLV. So it was kind of fun to do that. And he's a great, great coach, and he understands personnel. He was creative, and he got the most out of a lot of players. And he found a lot of young talent that was on that Patriot team. He found talent throughout the league. Yeah, I would imagine if you want to talk to Bill Belichick, there are two things to start with, special teams and lacrosse. And you're probably good with those two <laughs> topics, right? Because I asked somebody once, I was yeah. interviewing a, somebody, a former player, I said, who's the best special teams coordinator? Somehow we got on that, and his, re his reaction was Bill Belichick. He's the best special teams coordinator well, in football. You don't even think about it that way. Well, yeah, I mean, you talked to Belichick about just the, you know, you talked to him about uh, gunners particularly, you know, about when they use Lawrence Taylor. You know, here he is. He's the special teams coach and he's the assistant linebacker when they draft Lawrence Taylor. And Lawrence Taylor is such a dynamic player that they get him. You know, he had a holdout. He missed most of the season because he wanted to – he missed most of the preseason because he wanted this contract that was kind of unheard of at the time. Even mm -hmm. though George Rogers went first, he wanted this deal, and, and his agent got it for him, and he came in late. And once they got him, after one day, they all looked at each other and said, oh, my God. So they made him a they, – they put him out as a gunner, okay? They, so Belichick says, why don't we just put him out a gunner? This is kind of the creativity that you get with Bill. And so here's this 6'4", 260-pound man lined up outside, and you think, well, that's a dumb idea, right? Who is he going to do? All of a sudden, like, no returner wanted to get near the ball. He's down there so fast. And so then what happened was because of that idea, all of a sudden teams, specifically the Washington football team, Joe Gibbs, he put Dexter Manley out there. They put Charles Mann out there. And all of a sudden, now we're starting to get these bigger guys running down there. And eventually, it kind of went away because they were too valuable in the regular cut. But Lawrence Taylor was probably the premier gunner of all time. That's, that's an amazing story. All right, so for new betters, of course, you've got to pay attention to all three phases. Let's go ahead and throw up this year's top special team coordinator by Michael Lombardi. And you can start with your list. Of course, we know some of the names here. But let's start with Kansas City and their special teams coordinator. Yeah, I think Dave Taub, he's been up for some head coaching job. He does a really good job. He's creative. He always has good returners. I think part of being a special teams coach, and, I, and when I was down with Carolina, the coaching staff down there, Chris – Chris Tabor, their special teams coach. Chris Tabor's always looking for better players. When you're the special teams coach, you got to constantly try to get to 
people to pay attention to to get better players. And Taub does that, right? Taub's able to get – he's got good returners. He's got coverage guys. They keep players on the roster to handle it. You know, so I, I think there's no doubt that, that he does a great job with players, scheme, and the ability to get him to play hard. Plus, they influence the game. They change the game on how they set up field position, which is critical in their offense. Because look, they get you know they can get three first downs rather easily. So if they have good field position, they're going to score points. Larry Izzo, to me, a guy trained by. He's from the O'Brien tree. He's been around a long time. You know, but Seattle's special teams the last two years have been really good. Thomas McGahee, even though their numbers don't show up, I think Thomas McGahee is one of the best special teams coaches in the league at the New York Giants. You know, he's really creative. He does a great job. And when Joe Judge became the head coach down there, I was like, McGahee deserves as much to be head He's as good a special teams coach as anybody in the league. Fossil, I think, is really creative, sometimes often too creative, but he does a good job, and he makes you defend special teams because his willingness to, to run trick plays, his willingness to throw the ball out to the, to the gunners, and his willingness to take chances. You know, now this year they got him off Zerline, so that helped. He was in love with Zerline. It almost cost him. And then Bubba Ventrone, another O'Brien protege, was a great special teams player in his day. So was Izzo. That they understood the game, they played it, but they also have adapted as coaches and leaders. And I think those, to me, those are the top five guys that I see. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to necessarily be numerical, you know, because Seattle's numbers were great last year. A lot of it is dependent upon the kicker and the punter. But I think those guys are really good. Tremendous. You can't look at John Fossil without seeing his dad. It's so weird, right? No doubt. No doubt. And, and you got to, and look, when you play, when you play Dallas or when you played the Rams, you got to sit there and say, look, we got to be alert for every trick. I mean, you know, you, you got to be able to, I was talking to a head coach the other day. I mean, you got to have a, you have to know every fake punt and every fake field goal that's ever been run by that coach, because you're going to show it to your team. And when you show it to your team, you endear yourself to your team because you say, look how much preparation this guy's done. And when you play Fossil, you've got to really understand how many ways. And he's got it built in his system. If you try to cheat the gunner out there, he's going to throw the ball. You know, and he's going to make decisions with it. So he forces you to defend the width of the field with the length of the field with the kicking game. All right, let's keep – by the way, what people don't realize, what people don't realize, the the most important player in the punt team is the personal protector because usually he never gets blocked. And he should make every tackle. And the way these good special teams coaches handle their personal protector tells you a lot about them, how they free him up to make the tackle. When you start plugging in your formula for the NFL season where you've been red hot with your picks, how do you weigh special teams in your capping? I think it's important. It's a, certainly I have it as a category, and I give it some weight to it because field position matters. And I think also what matters is the kicker. You know, Let's be clear, as great as Joe Burrow was last year, as great as Jamar Chase was, McPherson's kicking in the playoffs won, won it for him. If they did not have McPherson, if they would have had Mike Nugent or somebody who's inconsistent kicking, I don't mean to pick on Mike Nugent, but if they would have had an inconsistent kicker like they've had in the past, they, they would have never beaten Tennessee. They probably wouldn't have beaten the Raiders in the first game. It, it, his ability to make kicks, his ability to make long kicks, to me, was the reason that for the success. He was the most valuable player. I, I know that Burrow and Chase get a ton of credit, but to me, that's what makes the Super Bowl for Bengal fans so hard to accept, that with, with Perrine on the field 
at, with Perrine on the field and not Joe Mixon. And all they needed was a field goal to send the game into overtime. That mistake, knowing you had a hot kicker, to me is one that you really just never going to overcome. The 13 seconds in Buffalo are hard to overcome. To me, if I'm a Bengal fan, Perrine in the backfield on third and four and we're giving him the ball instead of Mixon is one I'll never overcome either. I just like to think of Mike Nugent watching the Lombardi line on a random Sunday, like looking around like, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do to well, deserve I mean, the he's, shrapnel? He's, well, I think he's um, – what I was trying to – he's <laughs> just inconsistent, you know? Yeah, I got like, you. I mean, when, like, like there's certain guys that would go on the field. When I was in the league, and I like, he's not going to make this kick. Like, you just kind of knew it, you know? Like, you, you had a good chance. When they send Tucker out there, you're like, he's going to make this. Like, it's, you got – and look, when you have a kicker, when you have a kicker that can make kicks from range like these guys can, you got to call defenses differently, Patrick. you got to be very careful how you manage your defense because these guys can make it. That's what made the Super Bowl. We didn't, they didn't talk about it, how, how neglectful that was to keep Perrine on the field, especially when the coach went over to Zach Taylor and said, do you want, do you want Mixon on the field for this? He said, no, nah, just leave Perrine out there. That, that nonchalant, just leave, that cost him. That was a critical, yeah. critical mistake. Oh, that's well put. By the way, you, you'll know this. My, in my childhood, outside of Barry Sanders and Herman Moore, the most effective line was Jason Hansen. Remember Jason no Hansen? Doubt. He kicked forever. Oh, of course. Kicked forever. It, and could kick from range. You know? I mean, and so, you know, I, look, we, we, when Belichick first came to Cleveland, the first guy he wanted to sign from the Giants was Matt Stover. You know, and and Scott worked with Stover. They developed a relationship. I would I would have fired Stover after the first game. I was so impatient. He was missing kicks. And they both said, "Hey, just be patient. This guy's got. He's got everything we need. It just it's going to click." And eventually, we signed Brian Kitchen as the long snapper, and it changed everything. We still got our defensive play callers as well, PFF's list and Michael Lombardi's list. If we don't do it today, we'll certainly do it tomorrow uh, here we'll get on it, the we'll Lombardi. Get it Monday. We're not. Uh, are you, 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 we're not going anywhere. Yeah, no, we're, we'll, be we'll, be, we'll, we'll be here. I, I, I love – and Mike Nugent, the bottom line is the fact that your name was thought of, that's a positive, just to be brought into the co- – yeah. and, you, and, and you're 40 years old, Mike. Let's be fair. Okay. Just chill. Kind <laughs> <laughs> <Had> of <laughs> good career. <laughs> really good career. Thomas Gable next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSIN Summer Special. It's $19. This is as low as it's going to go, so make sure you capitalize right now. You get daily best bets from Adam Burke. You get Michael Lombardi on VSIN.com with the NFL. You get Point Spread Weekly every Wednesday. You get McNeil through the NHL playoffs. We get everything. VSIN.com slash summer. It's 19 bucks right now. Seriously, it is, um, it's worth it just for Point Spread Weekly. So go over there, VSIN.com slash subscribe to get it right now for $19. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. We head out to the Borgata, Michael, and say hi to our buddy Thomas Gable, who joins us. He runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata, but essentially now three years in, he's our partner here on the Lombardi line. Hi, Thomas. How are we feeling today? Good morning, guys. Uh, another uh, great day here at the uh, at the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. And you've recovered from the draft, yes? You're in a better mood? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't in a bad mood. You weren't in a great all, mood, let's be fair. I wasn't in a great mood, but it was, you know, it was a fascinating uh, case study, <laughs> I think. We'll leave it at that. I'm playing with you. <laughs> I'm having fun. Um, busy, busy night. Uh, did you have a Big draw. I know we've ended the show with it, but how was the UFC card as far as a draw there at the Borgata? 
Uh, it was it was decent. Um, you know, it's it's tough to get uh, people to come inside uh, when it's so nice out, and uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, for a non pay per view card, you know, it doesn't draw as many people sitting in the book and watching. The handle was was okay on it. I, I thought the handle was uh, pretty good for a non pay per view event, but uh, you know, you just don't get the bodies, and when it's such a nice uh, yeah. nice day and nice night out there, you know, people want to be outside. They're at you know they're either at the beach or you know at the uh, the beer garden or whatever you know. The yeah, ho- so it's, go I ahead, mean, look. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to get them inside and watch baseball or do anything, especially when the weather's so good outside. But that beer garden, that beer garden, Patrick, now it, it, that's not a bad place to be out there. It's pretty good. You can do all the things you need to do from right there. I've always wanted to ask, and Michael, I don't know if you've noticed when you go do your broadcast from the Borgata. Thomas, I have to ask you this question because I used to go to the Borgata all the time when I lived in New York. What is the smell they pump throughout the casino at the Borgata. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure people ask all the time. It's like this intoxicating smell when you walk into the casino. Uh, I think we've we've actually probably um, changed it a few times through the years. I mean, we've been open uh, coming up on 19 years now, uh, believe it or not. So I, I'm sure we've changed it a few times. Uh, people do ask, uh, so... It, it uh, I'm not sure what it is Secret. right now at the moment. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, that's right a now. weird question, but I just always it's the casinos are always doing everything to keep you there, and the smell is always fascinating. Okay, Colorado Tampa Bay, we got Game Six tonight in Tampa. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I got a short favorite on Colorado, and most books are starting mm-hmm. to move to that five and a half off the six on the total. Is are you doing the same at the Borgata? Yeah, we're still at six uh, for the total with the uh, the juice there. Uh, certainly, the under is juiced. Uh, but yeah, as you said, Colorado's slight favorite, dollar fifteen right now for the game. And you know, once again, we have a game where you know Abs can win the cup, but now they have to go on the road to do it. And I, I thought Tampa really had a gutsy performance there in Game Five, and it shows why they are the two-time champs. I don't think anyone should be surprised at how Tampa played. Uh, even with them looking, you know, lost at times and overmatched in games one and two in Colorado, and people were talking about if the altitude was problematic for them. But in game five, I think it was an evenly played game, and Vasilevsky was great again. He stopped 35 or 37 shots, and this is what we return to time and time again in this series. If Tampa is going to have any shot at winning this series, it's going to be on the back of Vasilevsky. Uh, so I think what's going to be interesting here is how does Colorado come out to start tonight? I was expecting a little quicker start by them in Game 5, especially in front of that raucous uh, crowd there in Colorado. But it was Tampa who won the first period. So it'll be interesting if Colorado comes out faster tonight on the away ice. Um, they are a slight favorite here uh, in the first period, as they are for the game. And, uh, you know, with this total here with it being juiced to the under, and as you said, Patrick, it's uh, probably some places have already gone to five and a half. Uh, Not really surprising because you've seen some sharper money in the last couple games uh, really come in on the under, uh, even though the first uh, few games of the series were all played to the over. Um, Finally, those under betters were able to cash there in the last couple, and um, that that money has really been coming from more uh, of the respected sharper players. Uh, than the public, so um, 
certainly adjustment there you're seeing. I mean, it's pretty much been six almost every game, but uh, the adjustment you're seeing there with it coming down to five and a half in this game, which, again, makes sense. It's probably going to be a little bit tighter, um, you know, now that now we're here in game six. So uh, I'm not surprised at the move there on the total. You know, it's funny, we, Thomas, we had your friend Keith Jones on in the last hour, and he was talking about, you know, the over might be in play because if you like the avalanche, you know, they're going to be an empty goal situation late at the game if they're if they're up by a goal, and, and they could actually cover the puck line, they could cover the puck line, and they could also cover the over. Yep. So uh, avalanche combined with an over and the puck line might be a strong play. And that's, uh, you know, it's funny that that's absolutely correct, and it's that seems to be, you know, at least here, that's the way people are betting this. We're, we're seeing uh, Avalanche getting bet. Uh, we are seeing uh, people lay the one and a half there on the puck line and uh, the over taking the plus price. But, you know, Keith is, is right in that sense that uh, obviously if the Avalanche have a, a one goal lead late, um, you know, the Lightning probably are going to, uh, to pull the goalie and you have that empty net situation and that opens up the, uh, the puck line there for the Avalanche to cash on that. So, uh, but again, yeah, I think if also when you're playing the total, uh, if you're leaning Avalanche for the game, I think you're probably also leaning on the over. You know, it's fascinating. Michael's talking about Cooper, the Lightning coach, and and it's so true. Remember, three straight overs to start, and now everything's kind of settled in. We've had five goals in Game Four, five goals in Game Five, which makes sense with this total coming down to five and a half. But also the Lightning converted on their power play in Game 5, and the Avs did not. Prior to that, the Avs mm-hmm. were, what, 6 for 13 on the power play? So Tremendous, it's, and, yeah. and, and stifling that fast start from the Avs, I think you put that perfectly, Thomas. The, the Lightning, if they're just, pardon the pun, able to avoid the Avalanche at first and that speed to start the game, and yeah. the, the Lightning are fine once they get past that first kind of fast start that the Avs generally put on teams. Yeah, and that's what I think was the, that to me was the most surprising thing about the last game that the Avalanche didn't get off to that quick start, especially in, on the home ice. I mean, those fans were they could taste the cup. They they absolutely could taste it. Yeah. They were they were going crazy. So it, it surprised me that Tampa did come out there and were able to uh, sustain that first period and, and um, win the period. Uh, testament to them showing you know what what they're made of here. I mean they're. Again, they're the two-time champs for a reason. Absolutely. It is, uh, it's going to be – Michael and I were discussing that a little earlier. As a better, I don't know how you measure that, Michael. I don't know how you measure the metal, but yeah. it's real. You know, it's real with this lightning It's real. Right now. No. I mean, and you know, I do think that when you watch the Avalanche, they're not lacking in mental toughness. Like, I think they're going to rise and play. I mean, you know, they, they, they'll meet the challenge, and, you know, they, they've got to find a way. The better team usually over a seven-game series finds a way to win. Give me a baseball play today, Thomas Gable. Uh, We don't generally ask you for one because you're Mr. College Hoops, but I'm sure you've surveyed the board. Of course, 15 games today. Everybody's playing in Major League Baseball. You got a play for us? Um, You know, well, we just saw uh, last night uh, Bryce Harper break his thumb uh, on a Blake Snell fastball. So he's going to be out of the lineup indefinitely there in Philly. They have Gibson... Uh, on the mound, but uh, Darvish pitching for the Padres. Uh, I, I like the Padres in this spot. The uh, Phillies were able to take the uh, first couple games of the series. I do like the Padres, though, here. four ten local time on the East Coast, uh, but in San Diego, um, lay the $1.55 with Darvish. 
Well, $1.50 is not terrible. $1.55 I'm seeing at a couple of shops. What is the overall vibe right now on the Phillies? Obviously a huge loss with Harper. Yeah, I, I think we'll have to wait to see what the um, the prognosis is. I, they're waiting to get some x-rays, see exactly where the break is, how bad it is. Um, Harper, you know, doesn't miss a lot of time. I think this, he said this is actually his first, like, broken bone. So, um a little unusual for for somebody like that to have his first broken bone now, but uh, yeah, I, it, we'll see what the prognosis is for him. You know, the Phillies have been uh, underachieving obviously throughout the uh, the year until they fired Girardi and then kind of righted the ship and have got things over five hundred again. So uh, they're a team that I think will still challenge for a playoff spot with the playoffs being expanded this year, but. Um, I don't think they have any chance of winning the division over the Mets at this point, uh, but uh, I, I think they still have a shot to make the playoffs. In the offseason, you can see Bryce Harper at the Whole Foods there in Henderson, Nevada, buying produce like where I saw him last summer. Or, excuse me, last say, last you, guys, you guys last... do uh, joint grocery trips there? Yeah, we well, find some raspberries and some kale. Healthy, of course. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Cable, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, Thanks, take TG. care, guys. All right, there goes TG coming up next. Of course, our buddy Wes Reynolds joins us here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward Points that you can redeem for online bonuses and credits online, of course, risk-free tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM Points into MGM Reward Points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms. So, again, it's a great loyalty program. It's the best in the business. Make sure you check it out. 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have an issue, you got to be 21 years or older. 
Okay, Michael Lombardi there. Of course, Michael Lombardi and Femi do the GM shuffle together. The reason I bring Femi up is he's coming up next here on VSIN with James Salinas. Yesterday, Michael, Femi did the show with our guest, mm -hmm. Wes Reynolds. And as we say good morning to Wes and thank you, Femi and Wes are both on Cantlay at the Travelers as we hit the final round. How are you feeling as he chases down Xander Schauffele, Mr. Reynolds? Yeah, uh, good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, feeling okay being that Xander Schauffele, it's been a while since he's been able to close one of these out against a full field event. He always is kind of the master of winning against short fields. Of course, won the Olympic gold last summer in uh, Tokyo uh, in the Olympic Games. So, you know, he's a proven winner, but he hasn't won these full field events. He's always won like the tour championship or the tournament in Kapalua, which only has like 40 players in it. So uh, Patrick Cantlay certainly at least narrowed the gap yesterday is one behind. They're going to be in the final group again this morning. So, you know, I think these two guys, very good friends. Uh, they actually partnered together earlier this year at the Zurich Classic in New Orleans and won that team event down there. So they're comfortable with each other. They're both Southern California guys. They're regular partners in terms of the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. So, you know, feel pretty good about it. I got him 15 to 1, uh, at least uh, pre-tournament before Thursday. But right now, just watching this playoff over in Munich and uh, about as good of a position as we could have hoped when you got both guys in the playoff. Uh, you know, Wes, I, I was. Were you surprised Kafka went into the LIV? Were you surprised by that? A little bit, Michael, based on his comments, because he seemed to be kind of very lukewarm on the idea back in I think it was February or March when uh, when his comments first came out about it, or when he was first asked about it. You know, he's like, "Well, somebody always sells out and takes the money," kind of like being dismissive of the concept of this tour and then he ends up being one of the guys that does go ahead and sell out and take the money so you know in part i was a little bit surprised simply because this is a guy that is so geared toward winning championships and so geared toward winning majors and one of the problems with these guys going and playing on this live tour is right now you're not eligible for world ranking points playing in that tour the official world golf rankings the owgr a lot of times that is part of the criteria for these guys getting into major championships unless they have exemptions as a past major championship winner over the last five years or some other exemption you got to have these world ranking points and you pretty much if you want to get in every single major championship masters us open pga open championship you better be in that top 50 in the world and if you're not playing on the pga tour or you're not even playing on the dp world tour then, then you're not going to get those ranking points until they decide to approve them for the live tour. I don't know what this means, but it is kind of interesting, right, boys? With DeChambeau, Reed, DJ, and now Kepka, those four are known for their polarizing personalities, and they've all jumped ship to live. So I, whatever it's, for whatever it's worth, they can be a little off-putting with their it, personalities. It's a heel-based territory, Patrick, to use a uh, wrestling <laughs> that's, analogy. That's exactly where because I was going all with the it. the black cats over there with Reed and... <laughs> DeChambeau, and now a little bit of Kepka, a little bit of DJ, you know, kind of right down the middle there, but certainly are willing to be the bad guy or wear the black hat. So it's like the PGA Tour's got most of the baby faces and the Live Tour has most of the heels. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You've got the Avalanche hosting the Cup tonight in Tampa on a short price. Fair? 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I picked him in six. I didn't bet it accordingly. I wish I would have, but I picked him in six before the series. Uh, they just, to me, they have the best defense. Everybody focuses on this offense and how fast these guys are and how explosive these guys are. What really gets ignored about Colorado is their defense is very good in front of Darcy Kemper, who I think is a, you know, maybe slightly above average goalie, certainly not elite like Vasilevsky is down in Tampa Bay. But if you look at the last two starts, uh, 92.6% save percentage for Darcy Kemper has that defense in front of him that really helps him out, though. The regular season, they were fourth in the league in five-on-five expected goals against per 60 minutes, and they're first, of course, in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. So this Colorado defense is really good. Vasilevsky, last two games, has kind of returned to his outstanding form, was a little shaky early on in the series. So you go over the last three games, he stopped 106 of 113, so that's 93.4% save percentage. But I just think Colorado... Better defense and a little too much offense. I'm kind of waiting to see what I want to do with the total tonight because I understand why it's getting bet to the under because, look, these two teams, you know, might be conservative a little bit early, kind of like they were the last two games. But I do lean to the over. Now you're starting to see some five and a halves in the market juice to the over. It basically opened six minus 120 across the board. And I think I think at BetMGM, it's six minus 125. You've also got some minus 130 and above in the market. But you're starting to see some five and a half show. That might get me interested in the over, but I certainly understand why the under's getting bet. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning over the, with the avalanche because I feel like what Keith Jones said earlier was, hey, there could be an empty net situation. You go over, you get a 4-2 game. At some point, the better team, I think, is going to take over. As good a coach as I think Cooper is, and, I, and I'm certainly rooting for Cooper because I love studying him and, and getting to know him. But I, I think with all this under coming in, if the, if the Islanders, excuse me, if the Lightning win, it's going to be the under. I think if the Avalanche win, it's the over. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all, Michael. I think, uh, you know, you could very much correlate it a little bit. And that's a good point about the empty net. And that's what always, you know, kind of leads you to the over. Because I think we as bettors are always kind of want to bet unders in like championship games or as it gets deeper in the series. We certainly saw that play out this year in the NBA Finals. But I think when it goes down and there's such little margin for error here, you know, this could easily go over with an empty net. It probably should have reached sixth in the last game when it was three to two with six minutes left to go. The Lightning took the lead and then Colorado got called for that too many men on the ice penalty. It was really Corey Perry that probably won them that game because he was Johnny on the spot. And it's like too many men on the ice because remember that wasn't called in game four on Colorado's game winning goal. So once they got that too many men on the ice, three minutes left to go then Tampa Bay could just keep the puck in the zone. Colorado didn't have a chance to empty the net until like about 40 seconds left to go. Abs fans are going to be so bitter. They were so ready to drink IPAs and get lit Thursday night. <laughs> but then they're going to hoist the cup in Tampa Bay. The Abs fans are just going to be like, dude, that's not the way this works. Uh, it, it, you always want to host it. You always want to hoist the cup on home ice. So interesting. So five and a half, if that starts to pop up, I got essentially right now, Wes, I've got books split. Circa just went to five and a half, mm-hmm. but DraftKings is six. So it's pretty much split down the board with the five and a half and six on the total. Yeah, I think so. And it's no surprise. I think the money is going to continue to come in on the under. And then you are going to get some folks looking to buy back a little bit. Once you see 
five and a half. I think it's just kind of playing the waiting game here. Obviously, if you like the under, you should bet it now, and maybe you're even slightly late to the party. But if you like the overweight, because there are, I think, going to be some five and a halves out there once we get face off tonight at 8.15 Eastern time. Okay, Wes Reynolds, VEASAN host. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Have a good Sunday. Good luck. You're Thank welcome, you, Wes. guys. Thank you for having me. Is, um, is Salinas a huge uh, Avs fan? Femi? Nah, nah. He bet the light. Salinas, a, a professional handicapper. He lives in Colorado, yet he bet the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's when you know you're a pro. You're not betting with your heart there, Michael. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you would think that, you know, with all the vibes. But, look, I think what it tells about James is the fact that he's not going to let the bias of reading what he reads at home get in the way of his handicap. And I think that's a good thing. You know, uh, we kid about the Eagles all the time. But, you know, they can kind of weigh into you a little bit to read the, so much positivity. By the way, they're going to win 18 games this year. But, the, you know, you get that gets into you and you kind of affects your handicapping. Yeah. You just brought up the perfect the vibes, man. The vibes are immaculate in Colorado right yep. now. They're waiting for that cup to get. Well, think about it. What they last last win it in two thousand one. So they, it's this is a three-peat opportunity for the Lightning, the Abs. It'll be interesting to see if they're tight, because that's what I felt like in Game Five. I, I was I expected the Avalanche just to roll from the jump, and they just seemed a little tight to me. So this will be fascinating tonight. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. It really will be. No, enjoy your Saturday, Sunday, Patrick. Yeah. Is it over 100 there today oh, again? Yeah, yeah, it's cooking here. It is It is ridiculously hot. How about there in Ocean City? It's going to be perfect, right? Nice 74-degree day, sunny, you know, little ocean <laughs> breezes coming. It's it's kind of nice, i got to be honest Everybody, you, you know? Bon and Femi and Kevin, they all just went, oh, when you said the temperature. Because <laughs> we're, we're just getting started with the 100-plus degree temperatures yeah, as I well. Know. Enjoy your Sunday, Mike. I'll see you tomorrow morning, okay? Thank you, Patrick. Okay. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Stephen Bond. And thank you to everybody that helped out, including downstairs, Femi and Mr. Salinas. Mr. Lightning coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. On Sunday, you can place a $25 one-game parlay on any Major League Baseball game and you'll receive a $10 free bet that you can use on any sport regardless of your bet's outcome. Regardless of your bet's outcome. Regardless of your bet's outcome. Regardless of your... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 